Thanks for listening to the podcast from Gary Combs and the preaching team at Eastgate Church in Wilson, North Carolina. Check us out on the web at eastgate.church for more. And now, here's the sermon. So what I need down here are some children. I'm talking not, not you big people. I'm not talking about you big adult people. I'm talking about I need some children down here. So some of you sit up here beside me and scoot in tight, and then some of just sit all around facing me once we fill up the stage, okay? Once you fill up the stage, then sit, just sit all around me. You can sit on the floor right in front of me and, and look at me so you can answer the questions because I'm going to ask some questions in a minute. We have some more room over here. So many kids, so yeah, you're doing great. All these beautiful red bows and beautiful girls and boys. Everybody's looking so good. And you can even sit on the steps, but scoot in tight to make room for people. Okay. All right. Where did all these children come from? Okay. So um, somebody hand me my Bible because I left it laying in the floor right over there. Because I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to read you the, the story about Jesus' birth. And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you some questions. And if you don't listen really closely, you won't be able to answer the questions, okay? And then if you're really good, we have a little prize for you at the end, okay? Is that fair? All right. So let me read the story, and then I'll ask you questions, okay? This is from the book of Luke, chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Are you ready for some questions? Okay. Now what, the way I'm going to do this is it's going to be kind of like rediscovering the story. Okay? We're rediscovering the story. And I brought some things in this hat. What kind of hat is this? Santa hat. It's a Santa hat. That's right. And I'm going to build something here. I've got, I've got something here. What do you think that is? 
A manger, that's right. And I've got a little base that holds it up. Let's see if I can build it. It's not that hard. Okay, here it is. Whoop, I broke it again. There it is. See it? You see the manger? Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull something out, and it'll be part of the story, and I want you to guess. What is it? You think it's baby Jesus? What do y'all think? I can't see. I haven't opened my hand yet. That's right. You can't see. That's a... You think it's the food thing where you eat? Okay. The manger thing. Okay. So let's see who it is. Who is it? It's Mary. Okay. She goes. She, I know. But maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be baby Jesus next time. We don't know. So let's see what I've got here. What have we got here? Ooh, I, can't, I can't pull him out yet. He's, too, he's not ready. Oh. Oh. Who do you think this is? It's Joseph. Is, is, it, is it baby Jesus? Joseph. Who was the one who talked to the shepherds with that big voice? Angel. Who is it? Angel. It's an angel. Yeah, it's the angel. Okay, let's see. I, I'll go faster this time. Oh, here's one. Who's this one going to be? Baby Jesus. That's right. Finally, baby Jesus showed up. Can't have Christmas without baby Jesus. Okay, who did the angel appear to? Shepherd. That's right. You're going to the big money round at the end, I can tell. That's who this is, right? Who's this? One of the shepherds. So he's out here in the field at night. Well, that's what, what shepherds do. They carry sheep. That's why he's carrying a sheep. Okay, I'm going to pull somebody else here. Let's see here. Now, who is this next one going to be? Joseph. Joseph. It could, did you say a cow? It could be a cow. Wait a minute. Who's this? How did that get in the bag? Does that belong in? Does that belong in this? Does this belong in the story? This this doesn't belong in the story, does it? Okay, so that doesn't belong in the story. Who put that? Did you put that in there? Okay. Let's see. Oh, who's this? Joseph. He goes right here. So there he is. And let's see who else we have down in here. Oh, I, who's this? What's, who's that guy? Okay, we got three figures left in here. Do they go in the story? Do they go in the story? So did I read about the three wise men just now? I didn't, did I? Well, here they are. Let's put them way over here because they take some two years to get there. We'll put these guys way over here because they're not in the Luke story. They're coming. You know, they're traveling from afar like that, and they're not here yet. And so we have who now? Tell me who this is. Angel. And who's this? Jeffrey. And who's this? Mary. And who's this? And these guys coming from afar. Y'all are brilliant. You're brilliant. Thanks for helping me tell the Christmas story. Now, Miss Robin's going to help you get a, a gift. And you can grab one or two for yourselves and take, take them to your seat. Okay, thank you for being such a great audience and helping me tell the story. If you go to Miss Robin's, she'll give you a candy cane. Parents, you're doing a good job. Your children were very well behaved, and they know the story. 
And I don't know how Rudolph got in here. They're still very concerned about Rudolph being in that hat. <laughs> I don't know how he got in there. <laughs> so we've been rediscovering Christmas together for the past few weeks. And we've talked about how to rediscover the anticipation and how to, end, how to rediscover the relationships and how to rediscover the miracles and the wonder. And this morning, we're, or this, I keep saying this morning, this evening, uh, we're going to be looking at how to rediscover the story. And everybody loves a story, don't you agree? Everybody loves a story, not just children, parents, doesn't matter who you are, everybody loves a story. And I remember when my children were small, they, they would love it, like, Daddy, tell us a story. And they, they particularly loved a story about them. Like, Daddy, tell me a story about when I was first born. And my daughter, Erin, used to climb up in my lap, and she'd say, like, Daddy, tell me the story about me being born again and about you um, buying that dress for me. Because there was a story where we, when we had Erin, she was our third child. We'd already had two little boys, and it's great having these two little boys. And, but I, I guess I just wasn't ready to have a little girl. So when we had the little girl, I was, uh, I was at a store. My wife was still in the hospital. And I was just kind of, I guess I went over the top just thinking, hey, I got a girl, you know. And, and so I went into this exclusive baby store in a mall in Roanoke, Virginia. And it was the kind of store I would never go in, okay. But I went in, and I was like, I've just got a baby girl. And these two, these two ladies, these two clerks that were working there, like, we got one here. Come on, let's reel this guy in. And so they came, and they, like, sold me a white silk dress for a for an infant, like with little tights, white tights with little pink hearts and shoes to match, a bow for the hair, like all the details. I spent more money on that little outfit for her going home outfit, as it were. And so here's a picture of what she looked like in that little dress. And I used to tell Erin this story, and she would just, Daddy, she would put her hands on my face and say, Daddy, you, you really love me. You see, we especially love stories about us, and we especially love a, a love story, a story that invites you in. We love stories about ourselves. And what if I could tell you a story today that you've been invited to be part of? Because this is the story of Christmas. Let's enter into that story afresh on this Christmas Eve. Let's enter into the story afresh and be reminded that we've been invited into the story. I'm not sure what story you're telling yourself this weekend. Maybe you're reminding yourself of some past stories. Maybe you've been remembering some mistakes you've made, some problems you've encountered, hurts you've experienced, and they're kind of marking the way you feel about today's story. And some of you might be worried about tomorrow, and so maybe you're discouraged or worried or anxious. I don't know what story you're telling yourself today, or maybe we're just telling ourselves the wrong story. What if we 
entered into this story, the story of Jesus afresh. I want us to look at this gospel story that I just read that you know so well, and I want us to consider receiving three gifts that Jesus offers to us from this story. Here's the first gift. It's Christ's sacrificial gift, his sacrificial gift. If you look at verses 10 and 11, notice the phrase good news. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Good news is just another way of saying the gospel. I bring you the gospel. I bring you the good news. And what's the good news? A Savior is born. A Savior. You know, kings are born in palaces, but lambs, well, they're born in a stable. And so this is a Savior born to us. This baby, Jesus, came to die in our place. This was his purpose from the moment he entered into this world to become one of us and to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He entered into a historical and and political setting and, and the historian Luke, the physician Luke, who wrote a very accurate story he he tells us so many details. He tells us about Caesar Augustus, how he had called for a census But he seems to be contrasting the human and the divine authority here. Caesar may have called for the census, but God called for Caesar to call for the census so that the baby Jesus, so that Jesus would be born in the city of David and not in Galilee where his parents were living. They had to go back to Bethlehem to fulfill that messianic claim. Why did they have to go back? Because both Joseph and Mary were from the line of David. And it was prophesied that the Messiah would come through the line of David. Through Joseph, he gets his legal right to the throne. And through Mary, his physical right to the throne. And you can see the two um, lineages, one in Matthew for Joseph and one in Luke for Mary. And from both lines, he needed to be born in Bethlehem. And so they've moved to Bethlehem. And notice the humble circumstances that this Son of God came down from heaven and took on human flesh and was placed in a feeding trough, as one of the children pointed out. One of the children said, what's that thing called that you feed animals in? The manger, that thing. And then he made himself known. The angels could have announced the birth of Jesus to anyone. He could have announced him to kings and queens and and lords and ladies, but he went out and and announced himself to uh, some blue-collar workers working third shift, some shepherds working in the fields at night. And he went out. And he went out to a specific place and and to the fields near Bethlehem, which in uh, in Hebrew, there's a place there called Migdal Eder, Migdal Eder, which means Tower of the Flock. And you can go there and you'll see this tower. I have a picture of it for you that the shepherds would be able to see over the fields to watch for wolves and others that might get after their sheep. And they could also gather the newborn lambs into the bottom of this place to make sure that they were uh, kept well. And they would often swaddle these lambs when they were small to keep them from having any imperfection because the shepherds had a business. And their business was, they were only a two-hour walk from Jerusalem, to carry sacrificial lambs to the temple to be sold for those who came needing that to offer a lamb. And so 
Who else would you go to to announce that the Lamb of God was born? Go to the experts. Go to the shepherds, the ones who raised the Passover lambs. And so they were invited in. As we look at this sacrificial gift, the cradle overshadows the cross. This baby came to die for you and me. The implications of that are, first of all, have you given your life to Jesus? He gave his life for you. Having done that, have you been willing to offer your life as a living sacrifice? That's the mark of Christmas, is to be a sacrificial giver, one ready to give your life to others. So it's a sacrificial gift. Enter into the story. Receive the gift. Here's the second gift that I see here. It's a relational gift. Christ offers us a relational gift. Notice that the good news in verse 10 was for who? All the people. How many people we got here? Any people? Got some people? <laughs> some people are like looking around. I think, I think, I think I'm one of them. Right? Kids, you people? Yeah, okay, the kids are on board. They knew they were people quicker than the adults did. All the people, it's this, this good news is for all the people. And then in, in verse 11, it gets even more specific. It says, born unto you. This Savior is born unto you. This Christ is for you. It's a relational, he's a relational gift. You see, Christianity it's not so much a religion as it is about a relationship with the living God through the person of Jesus Christ. We're called into a relationship. Jesus came to be with us. The word Christ could be translated Messiah. It means the anointed one. He is the Messiah, the promised one. And here's the sign that was given in verse 12. It says, and this will be a sign to you. The baby will be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, the swaddling clothes, that's kind of normal. You wrap the baby up so tight that the baby can't move. Kind of makes the baby feel like he's still in the womb. Kind of comforts the baby. But to be in a manger, now that's odd. That's not a crib. That's a feeding trough. And so when they got there and they saw that baby, they went, that's the one the angel was talking about. He descended as the king of glory down to a bed of straw. He had just previously been in the throne room of the heavens where he continually heard, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, as Isaiah saw it in Isaiah chapter 6. And then he comes down the ladder of love, and he becomes one of us. He takes on human flesh. This is why the, the angel said to Joseph, Behold, in Matthew ch chapter 1, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's what Christmas is about, is that God sent his one and only son to be with us. And not from a distance, but up close and personal. You know, the best part of Christmas might be, this weekend, might be being with family. I was just kind of mingling with some of you before we began, and heard some okay this is my mom and dad well this is my mom she's this is this is my granddaughter who just came from california this is and and so many and thank you for sharing your family weekend with us as a church family but more than that that you could come worship the true reason for the season right to worship king jesus but here we are as the family of god and it's about relationship now we made a decision in my family 
And there's a bunch of them. We don't really call our family a family. We call them a tribe because we have 10 grandchildren. Can you believe it? So we've been very blessed. But we've decided some years ago to limit how much we spend on presents. Here's, what, here's the decision we made. Spend less on presents and more on presents. Did you catch that? Spend less on presents and more on being present. Fully present with each other. In relationship. Because we were made for each other. We were made for one another. And, and didn't we learn during 2020 that something was wrong, that we couldn't be together? I mean, it's, there's still an anxiety in our nation to this day where people still haven't gotten over what that isolation did to us. We were made for relationship. We were made to be in relationship with God and with one another. And so we limited our spending to $10 gifts in our family. No more. That got, that's getting harder, by the way. So that we could focus on, let's just, let's just be together. Let's, let's read the Bible story together. Let's, let's eat together. Let's make sure we're in relationship. This Christmas, would you receive the gift of being in relationship with the living God through the person of Jesus? Would you say yes to Him and make Him your Lord? And then having done that, would you recognize that He's called you to be in relationship with Him so that He's fully formed in us? And so we were, we're becoming like Him, and we become like Him to the world. And so we offer relationship to the world because the world so desperately needs a relationship with God. And then finally we see that Christ offers us an incarnational gift. He's offered us an incarnational gift, a sacrificial gift, a relational gift, and finally an incarnational gift. Circle the third title that the shepherds heard. They said, He is a Savior, He is Christ, He is the Lord. The word here is, would have been Adonai. He is the Lord. The, the kurios in the Greek. He is, he's the Lord. In other words, He's God. He's God in the flesh. And He, he comes and He offers a relationship with us so that we could know Him. And, and then notice how the angels sang. They sang a doxology to Him. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. This... The, the angels, like the angel, was, one singular angel was doing the talking, and then it's like heaven opened up and a whole choir of angels began to shout this out. This one born is the Son of God. We read in John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. That's who Jesus is. He's God incarnate, God in the flesh. And notice when they went on and saw him, it says, it starts in verse 15, when the angels went away, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God 
for all they had heard and seen that had been told to them. You see, now they had become part of the story. See, it wasn't just a story about Jesus being born, the Son of God. The shepherds are in the story now because they went to see him. They went and found him there. The sign was proved to them. And then they went out and started telling others about it. So what, what I see here is what could happen to us, that Christ has come, and now he's ascended back to the Father, but he offers to live in us so that we can live incarnationally. Big word, right? It means we can let Christ live in us. He's the head, the Bible says, of the church, and we are the body. Christ has no hands, no feet in this world but ours. He has chosen us, church family, in order to live incarnationally so that the world would know Christ through us. Oh, I pray that we would let Christ be fully formed in us, that we would enter into this story so that we are part of His story. Because history is His. And we belong to Him. Paul writes in Colossians, God wanted His people throughout the world to know the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ living in you, giving you the hope of glory. You see, this is what Christianity is. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. You know what Christianity is? It's saying, I need to know the Father, and the only way to know the Father is through Jesus the Son. And this is why He came, so that we could be made right with the Father, and not only that, right with one another, by living and letting Jesus live in us. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. Come and be fully formed in me, Jesus so that the words in my mouth, the activities of my life are guided by you. May it be so. May you receive these three gifts and enter into this story afresh on this Christmas Eve as we remember what Christ has done. Let's rediscover the story. Let his character be fully formed in us. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of Christmas and for offering us this opportunity to enter into the story, to rediscover the story for ourselves. So Lord, I pray right now that if there's anyone here in this room that's never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray you would pray with me right now, Lord, uh, just guiding those hearts. My dear friend, if you would pray, dear Lord Jesus, just pray right in your seat. You can pray silently. He hears you. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I want to know a relationship with you. I want to be right with the Father. I believe you died on the cross and that you were raised from the grave. Come and live in me. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. I want to follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me. We pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen.